Hey, welcome to Infuse, everyone. Thanks for joining us online. My name is Taylor, and today we're going to be kicking off a new series called Bad Blood, because the truth is we all have bad blood somewhere in our lives, maybe in our present, maybe in our past, and probably somewhere in our future, there's going to be some degree of bad blood. So in the midst of that bad blood, how can you find peace and how can you heal the wounds from that situation. So thanks for joining us this morning. It is easy. It is, in fact, so easy if you want to, to stir up some bad blood in a relationship, isn't it? Um, Whether it be pranking someone, a friend of yours, hopefully a friend of yours, um, uh, or maybe maybe you've done the office foul and, and heated up and then eaten fish in your cubicle area or had someone do that. Has anyone ever done that? I did not know it was a thing, at least one of you. Okay, so there's actually two of us, because I did that. I didn't know it was a thing, and then it was like some salmon, and I heated it up, and, and, and it was just like a disturbance in the force in the whole cube space area. Um, anyways, um, or maybe um, it, it's happened to you. You've been on the receiving end of it. Maybe your child has left out their Legos, and in the dark one morning, you stepped on one. And that is just like a quick way to some bad blood, isn't it? It hurts. And then, uh, or maybe, maybe you were really kind, you did something really nice to, for someone, and, and you let them borrow your car, and, and not, they not only returned it dirty, but on empty, yeah, on E, right? I mean, that is just a bad blood ensuing incident, right? So I'm so excited that you're here as we start this new series, that you're, you're here or watching online, um, because all of us, Um, at least maybe in our present, most certainly probably in our past, and very likely in our future, we all have some degree of bad blood. And maybe it's like really relevant, and you like instantly have someone in mind. This week alone, there's some bad blood going on. Um, But certainly probably in your past, there's some relationships that you would say are defined more by bad blood than anything else. That bad blood, that thing essentially that comes between me, oops, sorry, messed up the slides. <laughs> My bad. Um, they're going to they're gonna get it. Just watch for a second. Okay, me and them, this thing in between, this bad blood. Um, and of course, um, you know them. You know them by name. You know who, how they make you feel um, because of the argument that, that kind of ensued and the bad blood that's now between you and them. For some of you, I, I would go so far as to say you almost have like a list. I know because you've told me the list of people and how they frustrated you, where every time we chat, you're like, I got this person and this person, and, and it's just like a thing, and I, and I get it. In fact, probably most of us get it that there's some bad blood going on. For some of us, um, we have bad blood in our lives. In fact, I'd say probably most of us would say we have bad blood in our lives, not because of something we do, but because of something they do, right? Because some bad blood really comes from a they. Some bad blood they created. I don't know who the they is, but they did it, okay? In fact, for some of you, you would say, that is not enough. Some is not enough. I would say, Taylor, that most bad blood in my life has to do with others and not me. And you say, you know, in your heart, you're like, you know, I work so hard. I try to do the best job I can. I try, you know, and and they just don't get it. And it wears on you, right? That bad blood that's kind of come up. Maybe they're not even aware. Those are almost the worst case scenarios, right? When that person isn't even aware that you have bad blood, that they have caused bad blood to you, right? They're just so happy and go lucky and something. And it's like, yeah, but your actions have consequences and those consequences have negatively affect me. And so I would say most, in fact, most people are the reason that I have bad blood 
in my life. Now, I'll just be honest with you, if, if you want to switch that to most, that's fine, but today is going to be a little bit of a challenge for you, just because of the practical application I'm, I'm going to give you by the end. So just hang with us, and I hope that you would be open, because honestly, without moving past this, it's going to be very difficult for you to have no bad blood in your life. And then um, some of the bad blood we create, okay? It's not others, like we just have to own it, right? We did it. We did it to our spouse. We created some bad blood with our kids, with our kids' spouse, whatever it is, you know? The, the conversation started well-intentioned. You were trying to get your point across. You were trying to fix something or make something better in your life or your work environment, whatever. And then, like, things just escalated. And you're really not even sure how they escalated. They just did, right? And your emotional brain takes over. Your rational brain is like, gone, bye-bye, adios, and you're just like emotional until that point when it just snaps, right? And, and it doesn't necessarily snap externally, but internally, like it just snapped. Like your spouse may have been even standing next to you, and they're looking at you and like, oh, it just snapped. You know, it's happening. It's on. And there's just anger, because of, you know, whatever is going on in that relationship. And regardless of what happens next, someone, if not everyone, is going to leave feeling a little bit hurt. Because bad blood comes from wounds, right? Literally sometimes feels like wounds to our hearts, to our souls, to who we are as people. And that bad blood just kind of comes out. And it even almost feels like, even though it may be an emotional thing, it may be an internal thing, it almost feels like we're wearing those wounds on the outside, that everybody can see it. And we're a little sensitive to it, to that bad blood that they've created or we've created. And the other thing about bad blood that as I was thinking about this, I, I, I wanted to make sure we acknowledged is that some bad blood we avoid. In fact, I think some of us are exceptionally good at avoiding it. And I understand it. Because it's called bad blood. Why not av avoid something that is bad? But, but there are times when we really shouldn't, though we do. There are times that others are creating bad blood and we're watching it happen. And in all honesty, especially if we're like a Jesus follower, we kind of feel like, no, like there's like that voice in our hearts that kind of says, maybe we should, maybe we should step into this, but oh, it's going to be bad, and I don't know how this is all going to pan out, but I feel like somebody needs to step in and say the truth. Somebody needs to stand up for what's right. Somebody needs to bring some grace into the, to the mix, some love into the mix, and, and not just be indifferent to the situation and, and avoid it. So, some of the avoidance for us and it comes from our pasts. That, that once it's in the past, whatever that means for you, that that bad blood is in our past, we just kind of feel like it's not there anymore. We at least avoid that it's there. When in reality, I mean, honestly, it just kind of wears at us, doesn't it? It consumes our energy. Even though we try so hard to avoid it, just in the act of trying to avoid it, we're consuming precious energy worrying about it, thinking about it, and it takes our happiness away from us. None of us want that. None of us want that, and I don't want that for you. And God doesn't want that for you. And Paul, who we're going to look at today, doesn't want that for you. And so our goal for this entire series, four or five weeks of it, I'm not sure what, what we're going to do yet, but four or five weeks of it, our goal is to find genuine peace in the midst of bad blood. In situations otherwise bad blood would prevail, we would be able to bring peace into it. And I'm not talking about band-aiding it. 
okay? Because that's the temptation, temptation, isn't it? You know, it's a big wound, and we just kind of slap a little Band-Aid on top. Maybe it's a frozen Band-Aid or a Toy Story Band-Aid or something, so it kind of makes us feel a little bit warmer inside, but in reality, it doesn't cover the wound, does it? And, and or some of us, I, I love this, we, we confuse forgetting, or forgiveness, excuse me, with forgetting. We say, oh yeah, we, forget, we forgave it, and in reality, we're just trying to forget it, but they're not the same. Forgiveness ends in peace. Forgetting means it's still there because you really aren't going to forget, are you? So how could we, how could we go forward with the goal, the resolution of health and ultimately of peace? Now the Apostle Paul, as I just mentioned to you, knew a lot about bad blood. And, and some of you know this, you've been around a lot. I introduce Paul often in case you don't know who he is. But the Apostle Paul, very big deal. Um, and one of, the, one of the incredible things about Paul among many is his story because he knew bad blood really well. He was a Jewish guy who persecuted Christians, then became a Christian, and, and so essentially, the, the Jewish people for a time loved him, and the Christians hated him. And then for another por, por, portion of time, or if you were a good Christian, you wouldn't hate him. You'd still love him, right? But you get the point, okay? But, but then he became a Christian, and then all the Jewish people hated him. I mean, he just, like, everywhere he went, he, he couldn't do right. It just bad blood was in his story. But yet he tells us, that the goal is, in Romans chapter 12, in the church, he sends a letter to the church in Rome, and he says, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. To which there is a part of us that says, yeah, that sounds awesome. That would be great. Part of us agrees with that. And, and we, we almost want to say, you know, Paul, that sounds great. And honestly, Paul, if it could just be me and peace, you know, if it was just me and peace, I'd be good. Life would be good. But Paul, you have not met my in-laws. <laughs> Paul, you have not met my ex-husband or wife. You have not met my old business partner. Their old business partner for a reason because it didn't work out. You have not met my kid's spouse. I love my kid dearly, but I don't know what went, what went wrong when they picked the spouse that they picked. And it just makes family events awkward. And if it could just be me in peace, it'd be good. But for some reason, these people, they insert themselves and their bad blood-causing self in between me and my peace. And I, I just, I struggle. And and, 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 you know, and I get it. Like, if some of you, you know, we put a microphone up here, and you kind of came up, and we shared, like, all of our bad blood stories. You know, most of us would probably say, yeah, you know, I, I get it. You know, if we had heard what your client did to you, I mean, it's like your client who you have to win, you have to get their business to make ends meet and all this stuff. They just, like, try to make it difficult for you, and it's like, why are they just, like, it's like they go out of their way to cause bad blood. Or my roommate, I mean, have they even heard of a dishwasher? right? I mean, they just leave them everywhere and just expect a miracle to happen. And I believe the miracles can happen, but not in this situation. And it's just them and their bad blood. In fact, sometimes, sometimes I have ever, I have even been a part of a bad blood story as a pastor. Because sometimes I say some things and you're not sure if you like it so much. And you kind of feel like Pastor Taylor came between you and, and your peace a little bit, or at least your version of peace. And it's just, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. At least through Sunday afternoon, and then Monday morning we wake up and we kind of forget about it and we move on, which I hope you don't do, but that sometimes is the reality, isn't it? That, that we have peace, and if it could just be us, it'd be fine. But in reality, 
somebody comes in between and messes it all up. And so Paul says, Paul says, that's great. That's great that somebody else is coming in and messing it all up. But if you want to find peace, don't make it about them. Make it about you. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. <laughs> but Paul, Paul, time out. I am not the problem, Paul. Just not the problem. They're the problem. They are the problem. So as far as it depends on me, there's nothing to depend on me because it's not my problem. Really, nothing, nothing, Paul would say, nothing you have done, nothing you could have done could have brought about a different income, uh, outcome, excuse me, but brought, brought about peace. So you're saying nothing you could have done. As far as it depends on you, there is nothing you could have done to bring about a different outcome. Paul would maybe go so far, at least in 21st century terms, would, would maybe go so far as to say, well, when is the last time you read a book about conflict resolution? When was the last time you read about a book about listening, about marriage, or read your Bible? When was the last time you invited the person that you had some bad blood with to, to counseling, or you just went to counseling? Or you said, hey, I know we got some bad blood between us, could I just buy a coffee? In fact, could I buy you as many coffees as it will take for us to find peace? When did you last do that? When did you last pray about it? When did you last write an apology or a note of appreciation to someone who you feel there might be a little bit of tension with? Have you really done everything as far as it depends on you to find peace? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because here's the thing, is, is we kind of we get in the situation where, where, if we go to the next slide, and, and you see there's me, and then there's peace, and then there's them and bad blood, and, and they've come between us. But Paul says, what if, what if you don't even get there? What if you just stop here? And what was really interesting, um, as I was writing this, this part of the message on, uh, it was like Friday night at like 11.30, okay? And, and a, a lot of times when, when I'm writing, and I, I tell you guys this, and I don't know if you necessarily believe me, but, but this is not my truth. I don't teach my truth. I teach God's truth, and, and you just find it really practical because it's probably because it's true. But truth is applicable whoever is listening, okay? And, and so when I work through some of these messages, I learn a lot about myself too. And this was one of those moments, okay? And I asked Stephanie if I could, if I could share this, this story. Um, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily makes her look bad, but I'm upset about it. But anyways, um, <clears throat> and so, um, so anyways, I want to just share really a, just a personal story about what I learned about this idea that Paul has. And, and it really comes down to this, and the story, the, the example that I could think of was um, when Stephanie gets home after work, okay, she, she gets home, and not always, but sometimes she'll bring in all of her stuff, computer bag and all that stuff, and, and she will have taken off her shoes somewhere in the drive between Cedar Rapids and home. And she will then take her shoes, and she will not leave them out in the shoe area in the garage, or put them in the shoe area thing in our closet, but she will put her shoes on the counter, okay? 
Now, I know for those of you that are a little OCD, it's like, oh, that's just a foul party. Like, oh my gosh, okay? But, 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 okay, just bear with me, all right? Okay, D- don't take my side just yet, okay? So I sit there, and it absolutely drives me nuts, and, and for like how many years now, I've just been like hoping it will change, and then I get upset about it, okay? And so here's what I realized. Here's what I realized. That it actually isn't so much about the shoes. It really isn't. Part of it, but not maybe 5%. In fact, it's not even about Stephanie. My frustration, this bad blood-causing moment, has very little to do with even her. It's simply because she and her shoes came between me and my peace. Whose peace? My peace. Nobody else's, just mine. Now, you could make the sanitary argument and say, well, it's not good to put shoes on the counter, and I'd agree with that. But really, my anger, my frustration, is just because you've compromised my peace. And what do we call it when all we're focused on, and really the primary reason we're upset about something, is is me and me alone? Selfish. Yeah. I realize that, yes, it probably isn't best to put it on the counter, but really the frustration is because it's my peace. My peace. It's not Stephanie's peace. Stephanie's good. It's just me. It's so easy for us to say, not my problem. The, the peace has been broken, but it's not me. It's not me. But Paul jumps up and says, listen, no, 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 no. It probably has a part to do with you. There's probably a part that has to do with you. That's why Paul's making this very important part. I mean, think about it this way. What if, what if living at peace with everyone depended entirely on you? It probably doesn't, but what if it did? What if the only way you could find peace in your relationships is if you had to do something? What if you acted and treated people as if this was true? It was entirely on you, no one else's. The only way to find peace is if you did something. Then you'd have to read a book about it, right? You'd have to go to counseling. You'd have to open up your Bible. You'd have to pray because no one else is going to do it, right? Because we just get so lazy because it's so easy to just say, well, you hurt me, I feel bad, I'm feeling vulnerable, I'm feeling damaged, and so it's all on you, the responsibility is all on you. And I'm just telling you, and you already know this, don't you? Peace is like so far from possibility at that point. Really, it is, isn't it? The chance that they're going to come to you, call you up one day and say, listen, I just want to find peace. It's like what? One in a million? I mean, you might, might even win the a lottery. I mean, how many times has that happened to you? I'm guessing pretty rarely hasn't happened to me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But maybe it's just all my, I don't know. I don't know. We're not going to make this about me. Anyways, just imagine for a second though. Imagine if, if two spouses, okay, if two spouses lived to the South, that it was entirely dependent on them. This spouse said it's entirely dependent on me to have peace within our marriage. And this spouse said it's entirely dependent on me to have peace in this marriage. And they both did it together. What would happen? If any problems came up, They would both say, you know what? Burden's completely on me to figure this out. Do you think they could resolve some issues? You bet. What what if that happened in your office, in your work, wherever you have bad blood right now, if both parties said, you know what's entirely on me? You'd work at it and work at it and work at it until you could find peace, wouldn't you? So if it's all on you, where do you start? Where do you start? If it's all on us, if the burden is all on us, where do you start? And here's where you start. 
You start by splitting out them and bad blood. Whoever the them is, take it, separate it away from the bad blood. Because would you like, would you like it if who you were, your identity, your, your personality, how people see you was completely dependent or tied directly to the bad blood that you've caused and created in other people's lives? You'd say, well, that's not fair. You know, I did some bad things, some dumb things in high school and college and maybe even after, but, but I shouldn't I shouldn't have to carry that as my defining thing forever and ever and ever. Would you want that for your kids if you're a parent? Would you want your kids to be followed all the rest of their life by the things that they did that caused some bad blood? You'd say, no, of course not. So why do you treat others like that? Why do you treat them as if they and their bad blood are the same thing? So split it up. Now, granted, there are bad people but let's be honest, I mean, that, that's kind of rare to have just a genuinely, I mean, they're just bad person. Most people, most people are generally well-intentioned. They just do dumb things, bad things, wrong things. Sometimes they don't even know, just like you don't even know sometimes why you do bad things. and You get angry and how angry you get and frustrated you get. Maybe for some of you, you just realize the reason that some of your anger is is because people just get between you and your peace. And you're like, wow, that's kind of all about me, isn't it? So maybe we could find a workaround. Let me show you how this, this plays out practically. And um, to do that, I need someone who likes apple pie. Anybody like apple pie? Fantastic. Thanks, John. I'm glad you're on the front row. Your wife just volunteered you. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to come down to your level. So the production team's going to like, you can stand like right over here. That's cool. So everybody can see you. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Okay, fantastic. All right, that's great. Don't worry, we have a change of clothes for what's going to happen next, okay? So just kidding. I'm not going to throw the pie at his face. Okay, all right. So when a disagreement starts, I hope you will think about looking at bad blood like an apple pie, okay? Now, it's probably not as yummy as an apple pie, but it's there, okay? I baked this last night, so it's fresh. You could take this home with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you get for volunteering here at Infuse, a pie. All right, anyways, okay. So, so we have, let's say we have a disagreement, okay? And let's make it really easy. Let's say John is a Hawkeye fan, <clears throat> and Taylor is an Iowa State, just hy purely hypothetical, okay? All right, okay? Now, we get in a disagreement over who's the best football team in Iowa, and then somebody in the back's like, oh, you and I, and we're like, nah, nah, nah. It's just Iowa and Iowa State. Okay, okay, sorry, Joe, and I don't know about any other you and I fans. Anyways, okay, so we have a disagreement, all right? Now, what happens? My tendency is to just put the pie all on Joe, to make, or, or Joe, sorry, John, okay? To put bad, blo bad blood and them together. What happens when you do that? Okay, what happens when you throw the pie and you put it all on them? It makes a mess. Thank you, John. Yes, it makes a mess, right? And then some of y'all are sitting in the audience. Like, just imagine if I threw this at John right now. You'd be like, wow. Is that <laughs> do it, do it, do it. No. Okay, some of y'all would be like, that was a little uncalled for. Like, if that wasn't planned out, that was uncalled for, okay? And what does that, how does that make me look? It makes me look like I got a little pie on my face too, Right? That's where the phrase comes from, right? A little pie on my face. So now, what have we ended with? Nothing more than just a mess. 
nothing more than this and math. But if I say, okay, I'm going to separate these two from, from John, and I'm just going to leave it on the table, and I'm going to leave John where John is, then it begins to open the door to peace. Where, where bad blood wouldn't be possible, or excuse me, where peace wouldn't have been possible otherwise, when I separate, peace opens the door. Or the door opens to peace. Okay, John, you can have a seat. Thank you so much. Okay, and here, here's why, and I guess I could leave John up here, but give him a break, okay? But what happens when, when, you have, when you separate the two is you can see it from the other side. Because let's be honest, if that's a bad person over there, what are the chances that you're going to walk over to their side of the equation, you're going to walk over here and say, huh, I just, I just want to see it from their side. You're not going to do that. But if I realize that, you know what, even though John and I don't agree on the best football team in the state of Iowa, okay, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he's a bad person. In fact, I'm willing to walk over to the other side and look at it from his perspective. It's kind of like uh, if, you're, if you're a golf fan or you've literally ever watched golf, okay? And what happens when they get to the green? They've got to put it in the hole. And imagine, like, the hole is peace in bad blood. It is hard to hit that hole, especially if you're really far away from it. You may have to do incremental putts to get there. But what is it that every good golfer does? They look at the green. And they walk all the way around. They look at it from this angle, and they get down, and they go from that angle, and then they walk over to the other side. And what is it that they see when they do that? New perspectives. They see new curves and new dips and a whole new way at looking at the hole, looking at their goal, looking at the possibility of peace in their life. You can't see that if you're standing still. You can't see that if you consider the person and bad blood together. But you can when you separate. It's called empathy. It's called empathizing with the other person. And if you really still don't believe me, one way that will really open your eyes to this is if you go home and you go on Amazon.com and you, you buy a book, any book about in, in, internal family systems. I talk about family systems a lot. But you, it's a branch of, uh, of, of therapy, family therapy. And uh, you just open that book and you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're not even going to think about others. You're just going to think about yourself and this is why I do this and this is why I do this and this is why I do this because this is how my family has affected me. And you're going to be able to see a different perspective and you're going to be able to empathize because you're going to say, that's me too. I've had that. I've been there. I've had that dip. I've had that curve. I understand. I can see it now when I look at it from the other side. Now, the other thing that you can do is you can own your slice of the pie when you separate it. Because if John's holding it, not only do we have a mess, but I'm not even going to see that potentially I owned or I needed to own part of that pie if I just threw it at him. I mean, it's just a mess now. It's going to be so hard to pick the pieces back up. But now I can look at it and I can say, you know what? There is a slice, at the very least a slice, that I could have done differently, that I could have looked at differently, that I could have heard differently. Maybe I could have done something differently, and now I can own the slice of the pie. See, you'll never have peace if you don't own your peace. Isn't that clever? (laughs) Not really. You'll never have peace if you don't own your piece of the pie. This is, and if you're not a Christian, just bear with me on this one. This is a consequence of sin, of this thing that gets between God and us, gets between us and other us's. 
okay, this, this sin, when we miss the mark with God, when we miss the mark with his children, his sons and daughters who are everyone around us, we don't want to own our peace. We just want to put it all on them. And you will never, ever be able to fully sit back and say, I have peace about this until you own your piece of the pie because there's always a part of your heart. I don't know if it's the image of God. I don't know if it's like the Holy Spirit just kind of pushing on our heart or something like that, okay? And they're just, just like this, I know I could have and I didn't. And I feel like I have failed finding peace in the midst of this bad blood. See, it's not going to magically happen. You're just not going to magically drain, um, drain putts. You're not going to magically be able to understand all the intricate pieces of this pie. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to figure out what piece is yours. Now, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Uh, a really helpful question for this coming from a book called um, Crucial Conversations. Really encourage that. That's another read that you could do. It's one of the books that I read in preparation for, for this series. Um, but the question that they ask in, in the book Critical Conversations is, what is it I really want? So far as it depends on you, okay, well, okay, so it depends on me, and I want to find peace, you begin with, what is it I really want? Well, did you really want bad blood? Well, no, I didn't want it. I doubtful that any of you want bad blood, but now it's happened. So what do you do? Going back to the example with Stephanie, her shoes are off there on the counter. I have an opportunity to sit there and say, what is it that I really want? Now, it's easy to just say, well, I want her shoes off the counter, but no, 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 no. I'm asking you to go like deep into this. What is it I really want? Well, I'd like to stay married. Okay, so you'd like to stay married, but you'd also want the shoes off the counter. Yeah, so how could you do this differently? And it's going to take time. It's going to take a little investment. And guess what you could come up with? You could say, well, you know what? When, when Stephanie gets home, I'm just going to stop everything I'm doing, which I kind of do already anyways, especially if Ellie is there. And we're, and we're going to go out and meet Stephanie. And we're going to say, Stephanie, it's so great to see you. I'm so glad you're home. Can I get this? Can I help you unload your car? Oh, here, let me get your shoes for you. Let me put them away for you. Guess what I have just accomplished? No bad blood, peace in the relationship, and I'm still married. Win. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> this is like a therapy session. Good job, Taylor. You figured it out. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, now let's make it about you, okay? Don't worry about me. We'll make it about you, okay? If you want him to turn off his phone, get off the computer. If you want her to turn off her phone, get off the computer. If you want your boss to listen to you, if you want peace in those relationships, what is it you really want? What is it you really want? If you want your boss to listen to you and give you, give you time, think about it. What is I really want? Well, I want to keep my job. I want what's good for the team. You'd even think like, get to the other side. What, what is it they really want? Oh, maybe, maybe they want to make sure that, that you care about them. That you're not there to take win from their sale. That you're just there to make the team better and, and help them. What if you approach it from that way? I mean, the, the doors just start flying over, flying open when you go at it from that perspective. Now, there's one last thing before we wrap up that Paul says in his verse, okay? He says, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, if it is possible. 
if it is possible, because it may not be possible. Now, this is not an excuse. This is not a, wow, that was great with the pie tailor and all that stuff, and now I guess I can just write it off because I I just don't think it's possible. This is not that. This is just reality. There are those you cannot or are not mature enough. They're not mature enough. Maybe you're even not mature enough. It's like, oh, that's offensive. No, no, no. You just may not be at a place. I can tell you I have matured in the last 10 years. You'd probably say the same, okay? That there is growth that happens, and we may not even be at a place where we can do that or that other individual is there yet to get there. And so it may not be possible. It may take time. And it may never happen. But, and this is why you've got to be here next week, because this is what we're going to talk about next week. You can have peace about the relationship without having peace in the relationship. You can have peace about that relationship, even though there's bad blood there, even though there may not be peace in it. It is possible. And so I hope that you're here next week. But I will tell you this, it begins with you. It begins with you. It begins with starting with this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, regardless of if it's possible or not, it begins with you. Now I realize that um, not everybody here is, is a Christian, and I get that. That's, that's totally okay. We're glad you're here. We're just a church for you to explore faith in. But I will tell you, if you are a Christian, There's no wiggle room on what I'm about to say next. Because for the Christians, this verse right here is the story of your Heavenly Father and you. This is the story of your Heavenly Father looking. Your Heavenly Father, it's like he looked at this verse and then looked at you and then did this verse. Because God wanted to live at peace with all of us, but all of us are really challenging to get along with. And we do bad things, and we do this thing called sin, and we we miss the mark with God, and we miss the mark with other people. And I can tell you, what God didn't do was God didn't look at this and say, oh, well, you know what? I I don't think i got to live at peace with everyone. I'm just some people. He didn't do that. He didn't look at this and say, well, I'm going to just box you all together, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're sinful, you're bad, you do bad things, you've caused some bad blood between you and I, and I'm just gonna put that with you, and you're just one in the same. He didn't do that either. And he didn't sit, sit up, as we sometimes do, in his throne of judgment, looking down on all of us and saying, mm, best of luck, but I'm not gonna help. I'm not gonna get involved. You've done wrong, it's over. The relationship's broken doesn't do that. What did, what did God do? He, he came down in a, in a body called Jesus to literally live with us. God communicated in so many ways with us before. Miracles and burning bushes and tablets and through other people. And then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to literally live with you. Why? So that we could see what peace looked like. So we could see what caring for and serving other people looked like, what bringing mercy into the relationship, grace into the relationship, truth into the relationship looked like. And he saw what we saw, and he hurt like we hurt. And he lived with us. He said, as far as it depends on me, God, 
if it is possible, which it is, I will now live with you so we can have peace. And he modeled it, and then he died for us so we could understand, if we so choose, if we decide to, to look at that and say, that is how we find peace with one another. And then he'd go around and he'd say, just as I have done for you, so you must do for others. Just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I'm not afraid to walk to the other side of the pie. I'm not afraid to say, you know what? Even though you've done bad, I think you're more valuable. And I'm willing to separate the two of you. Forgive this sin. Forgive this bad blood. I'm going to just wash it away. Because I just want to have peace with you. Now go and do that to the world. That's our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus did for us. And so my ask, my invitation for you is for you to begin to do the same throughout this series and the rest of your life. And not let bad blood be the defining point of relationships. Instead say, "Mm, as far as it depends on me. Let me pray for you so let's bow our heads and, and we'll sing one more song and get you out of here. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for, for these words, these words of Paul that have been preserved for thousands and thousands of years so that we could today sit and read these words of Paul. Paul, who was one who had plenty and plenty of bad blood in his own life. People in his life who did not like him. He made tough choices so that he could love people, and it created bad blood. But he said, you know what, despite that, I'm going to live with peace, live in peace with everyone. And so far as it depends on me, I'm going to go out and try to repair those relationships, restore those relationships. And my hope is thousands of years later, people would do that because they follow Jesus, because their Heavenly Father did that for them. So Lord, before we get into that blame game, before we start putting it on everybody else, we would acknowledge the slice of the pie we got to own. Their perspective, their perspective that we could see. And not let bad blood come between us. So Lord, my prayer for all of us this morning and throughout this series is that we would make our goal peace and we would be serious about asking, what do we really want? We don't want bad blood. So what are we going to do to find peace? And maybe, just maybe, we'd open up your word, we'd, we'd open up the Bible, we'd open uh, up some books, we'd, we'd learn, we'd grow, we'd pray, we'd ask questions, we'd get in community. We would strive every single day to find peace and live at peace with everyone. And you would help us through that journey. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Peace is possible, isn't it? So long as you start with you. So my hope is that you will take a moment now to consider in a relationship that you have with some bad blood in it, how you can do something differently and maybe even pray on it. Thanks for watching part one. We'll see you next week for part two.